Today we're going to look in uh, 1 Thessalonians 1, 1 through 10, and the thought of the church and multi-level marketing. And some of you are like, oh, multi-level marketing. I, oh man, I don't want to be a part. I'm not sure. Maybe you are just overwhelmed. Maybe you're like, Facebook is not only about multi-level marketing. It's not only about selling your stuff. But as I begin to think and pray, the reason that multi-level marketing works, anybody, I think we could all come up with the same conclusion, is because the people that sell the products love the products. The reason that, that, that multi-level marketing works is because people find a product that maybe they lost a lot of weight with, maybe they're now more healthy, maybe I actually uh, see, see the sharpnicks right over here, Steve, that he uh, is on the pink drink, that's what I always hear, that has gotten rid of kidney stones that he hasn't had like he used to have all the time, right? Have you ever been around people that have seen a product in their life that has changed their life, and so what do they do about it? They tell everybody. That's what multi-level marketing, truly, you boil it down, is all about. Maybe you have friends or you have people, and some, they don't even have to really push their product as much as they push what has happened to them. So maybe it's pictures, or maybe it's health, or, you know, whatever the things are. Or maybe it's makeup, and you can just see this is the new makeup, and it glows, or whatever, you know, Saint or Mary Kay, or whatever those things do. The, the product speaks for itself. And I believe this morning we're going to see what we saw in Florida with my uh, with Elizabeth's friend and her family, is that when we truly buy in to what the Word of God is saying, when we truly believe with all our heart that the truth of the Word is just that, the truth of the Word, it's what the, the foundation must be, then all of a sudden I believe the church, you, not like Radiant Life Church, but the people, you, the church, become the best advertising, the, the best uh, missionary force that the world has seen is the church, is you. Because we start to talk about God. We start to talk about who He is. We start to talk about how He saved us, redeemed us, how He set us free. Maybe even how He healed our body or did something that is impossible, but for God. When I think and look and just say, Lord, what do you want to do when we were on vacation with that family the whole time, uh, they don't really know anything. Okay, I take that back. They didn't know anything about Radiant Life Church, but by the time we were done, they knew about our church. They knew about transition. They knew about staff changes that are happening. I'm super excited, by the way, on that front that we're going to be announcing here over the next couple weeks. We're finally to where we can announce and people have, uh, you know, ready to transition and do all those things. I'm excited that Brian Herrera, he is going to be on our staff with us, one of our own that's jumping on the team, as well as many others. And in two weeks, we will be announcing all of that and introducing all of our team. But they know, this family knows about what's going on because we were talking about our lives, about what was happening, talking about Jesus, talking about our conference we just left, about what God had done and other great moments, just in normal conversation. And I began to believe and think, and that as you have asked, how do we share Jesus? The way that we share Jesus is we do what we love and we talk about what we love. And the prayer is that what we love begins 
with the word of God. Well, it begins with our relationship with Jesus. Begins not that I have to uh, proselytize anybody, but that I can just talk about my relationship with Jesus. I can talk about, man, at church on Sunday morning, God spoke to me. In my Bible reading on Monday morning, God spoke this. And maybe in your business or in a, in a moment of relationship strife or issue, you can say, hey, you know what? This morning I read in the Bible and it encourages us to do this. Maybe that would help us. And we don't have to get fired from our job. We're not trying to get anybody saved, although we are, but we don't need to talk, say it that way. But we're talking about what God is doing. Yesterday at church, God spoke to me. This morning as I was driving, God spoke. To me. Just let the normal things of life be what we talk about because it's normal. It's who we are. With this family, we had such great opportunity. They know where we stand. They know of our love for Jesus. They know what we care about in life, our family and our church family. They know, not because we preached at them, but because we talked about who we are. We talked about what we do, what we believe. And I believe God would have us all to jump in and say, Lord, how can I just make the things of you, the most important things, but make them normal and natural to talk about you in every situation that I come in, into, literally every situation. Lord, how do I get your word in? Sometimes maybe I don't say, this morning I was reading in John, and John says, but we just say the truth that we learned, we grow into where people begin to ask, hey, you've got wisdom. What, where does this come from? Like, the Bible. It's an amazing book of wisdom, but more than wisdom is relationship and if you ever want to talk about it, we let the natural things of our life begin to flow. We talk about who he is. Let's let that become the norm in us. This morning, we're going to look into 1 Thessalonians 1 through 10. And I, I believe we kind of see uh, these things put within us. In the foyer as you came in, well, Pastor David on the screen mentioned life groups. And we have 20 brand new life groups that are launching here in two weeks. That to me is super exciting. We threw out that number 20, which would have been way more than double what we had last time we started groups. And we're like, Lord, I think it's the right number. And you guys made it happen. 20 groups that are kicking off. But you know what 20 groups need? are 20 groups worth of people to fill those groups, right? The point is not a group, but the point is the people in the group that are growing and maturing. And I believe that this morning we're going to see some things of why a group is important and how groups become multi-level marketing. It becomes how we reach out to our world. Sunday mornings are good, but Sunday mornings are not where it starts and where it ends. It's a part of the process. It's a part of what we do. It's a part of the celebrating. But what we do is leave here and make a difference through personal uh, touch with people as well as, and I believe a huge part in the early church was through groups. First Thessalonians 1, uh, 1 through 5 begin and say this, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. One of Paul's traditional uh, greetings. It's also interesting here, before we go on, is that Paul, Silvanus, or Silas, and Timothy, they are on a missionary journey. Paul does not do almost anything by himself. He's got a team of people, a group of people that are journeying together to see something powerful take place. And this is one of those moments. Jump back into verse 2. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers. 
remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. In those first few verses, I think it's vital and important for us to realize a few things. The first is that it says that they were loved and chosen. There's something important. It doesn't matter about our group or what we're selling or what we're talking about or what happens if we don't individually understand that the God of the universe chooses you. The God of the universe has called you and said, I loved you. I care for you. I want the best thing for you. And I sent my son Jesus to die on a cross for you and for your sin. That's where the basis of everything we talk about at church, that's what the basis of excitement to have a hundred people go and be a part of Radiant Light Marysville is because we want to see more people understand that they're loved, that they're chosen by God. And I want to be sure before we move on that everyone in the room realizes that doesn't mean it's for everybody else in the room except for you. Sometimes we can kind of push away truths of what the word would say, but we need to understand he loves you, every single person in the room. No matter whether you feel like you've been good or you feel like you've done right or you feel like maybe you're way off, he loves you and he chooses you. He wants you to be a part of what he's doing. He wants you to be a part, as we would say, of seeing one more person come to know Jesus. He wants to simply pour his love out on you. Now, if it's not lining up, and if it, you'd say, man, my life doesn't look like it should, then I think that's important because Paul would say, we can see in you. Because our gospel came to you, not only in word, but also in power. They could say, your life has been changed. It's been transformed. There's something special about that. You've been loved, and then there's a work of faith that has come forth from your life. In fact, I think as we would look at that work of faith, labor of love, and steadfastness of hope, I think we could say it, faith produced works in them. Love produced labor. Hope produced patience. There was something that took faith, a labor, a work of faith. God chose them. He loved them. He called them. And they acted on the truth of the word. And that's my prayer every single day, every single week, every single month, is the Lord let me hear you, experience you, and then act on you. And if my life is not being lived in a way where I see empowerment, where I see the spirit of God poured forth, where I see the truth of who he is just come alive from me, then Lord, I want to continue to learn and to grow and to be discipled. And I would say every one of us in the room, I know I can say, Lord, I need more of you. I need to hear you more. I need to experience and walk in you so my world can experience you. Because you are loved. You're chosen. You're empowered to now be an agent of change to your world. As we go through here, we're going to see a few things that these people here in Thessalonica really saw that happened in their life. They got they were loved. They got they were chosen. They worked hard. There was a, a labor of love, of, of work, and a work of faith. But three specific things popped out at me as we continued to read, and specifically in verse 6 and verse 7. 
And the first in verse 6 is, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord. There's something that happens when we understand that getting together, spending time in his presence, spending time in his word, it's not about just being somewhere. It's not about just doing something, but it's about saying, Lord, I need to be someone that changes. I need to be someone that is change-oriented in my life. I need to be someone that when I hear the message of the gospel, it's not just a word that is spoken and I'm like, cool, that's good, I'll leave that. But there's something happens when I let the power of the gospel come and speak to me and change me and mold me and make me different than I was. Which means when I look back five years or one year or hopefully even three months, I'm believing that I can see a progression in the things of God. That's why groups and discipleship and going after him are so important because my goal is not just to be who I am and to stay as I am and to walk as I am, but instead to say, Lord, I need your change in my life. I need your power in my life. I need those things we started with. I need to know I'm loved and chosen and and there's a power that flows through me. I will be someone who changes. Spiritual change begins with personal discipleship and pours out onto others. When I think of groups and I think of us as the church, that's what it all comes down to. Around here, I love change. I love change in my life in general, truthfully. I enjoy it. I like something new, new seasons, new times. Uh, We talked about new staff. New staff is a little bit scary, right? Some of you are like, I don't even know who these people are yet. Yeah, it's a little, it's like, oh man. It was super cool. We had the whole team together in Florida with us that we were able to grow in relationship and and look forward to what God had for us. It's super cool. But change means there's new opportunities. There's new horizons that we can walk into because something is different. Something is moved. I don't want to change for the sake of change, but Lord, what do you want to do in me personally? What do you want to do in us in a small group, us as a church? How do you want us to think and act and look different than we were. These people, they understood change was important. Continuing in verse 6, it says, For you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. So they were change-oriented, but they were gospel-centered. And that is a a key point, because it's not changing for the sake of changing. It's not, I just want to be a little different. It's not, well, if I get around this person, then I'm going to look a little bit different because they are going to rub off on me. No, the point of change is to be gospel-centered and to be as God has called us to be. And in fact, they received the word in much affliction, says with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes growing in the word of God is not easy. It's not the easiest thing that happens, but sometimes... Growing in the Word of God might be the most difficult thing you've ever done in your life. And it might be just because in your own life, in your own mind, what you've been taught does not line up with the Word or the truth of God. And you have to say, Lord, that's not how I was raised. That's not how I think naturally. So Lord, now would you let your Word become real in me? Would you change my heart to align to your Word? But in their day, they also... When you lined up with the word of God, the truth of Jesus, who he was, then there was persecution that came. So not only was it individually difficult to say, Lord, your word over anything else, but culturally it was extremely difficult. In fact, 
Jesus was hung on a cross. Most of the apostles were killed. They were martyrs. There was a price to be paid when they said yes to the things of God, but it says they walked with joy, even in the midst of it. And I believe there's something that is vital that we must remember. We must realize that when I just walk through life and I'm not sure what my calling is, what I'm supposed to do, I'm not sure where I'm going, then we have struggle, we have strife, we have anxiety that is not needed in our life. But when, as Paul could say, follow me, follow me, let's go where God would have us to go then all of a sudden, I am not following Paul alone. I'm following the Word of God that's being manifested in Paul. And therefore, I don't want to just follow anybody, but I want to find somebody that looks more like Jesus than I do, that's headed towards Jesus, so that they, their, their life can rub off on me. So who they are becomes real. And I say, Lord, I've grown a lot because I've hung around somebody that believes, that, it, that prays, that spends time in the presence of Jesus. When I think specifically prayer, prayer is a, a good one that maybe you'd say here today, man, praying is difficult. Maybe for some in the room, you're like, oh, I can pray all day. It's awesome. And others, you'd be like, man, to pray for 30 seconds, I can do. But then the list runs out at about 45 seconds or a minute and a half. Maybe you have a long list, like three minutes, and you're like, now nah, I'm, I'm stumped. You know how you learn to pray? Number one is you start praying. You just do it, and you keep doing it, and you get better. You know another way is imitate someone. What's that mean? On a Tuesday morning prayer time, you can come sit right up here, right in the middle, chair six or seven. They've even got numbers. Pastor Dave will be sitting right, right where my wife is. Tiffany will be sitting right over here on the end on this side, and you'll hear one praying and the other praying and the other praying and the other praying just in their natural prayer and what they're doing individually. And then we get together and we group up on the side and we get to pray and see God as a group. And you get to hear people. You get to hear people's faith. You get to see what is important, what matters. And all of a sudden you'll begin to pray in a way you didn't pray because now you're praying like someone. You're hearing and experiencing God. You're imitating them. You're hearing what he has and what he wants to be changed to the gospel-centered life. And when you do and you know him, all of a sudden your prayer life becomes a joy and not a discipline. When you go talk about Jesus in natural things, it's just natural. It's who you are. It's fun. It's exciting. It's not something that you have to be worked up over because you don't have to think about it. You just talk about your life, which is centered on the gospel. There's something about letting the gospel move in and through us. There's something about experiencing the power of God. A gospel-centered life is a joy-filled life, and it's what each and every one of us can experience and walk in. And the third thing that we see change-oriented, gospel-centered, is that there's an outward example. Verse 7 says, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. This is a huge thing. The people experience God through Paul and through his ministry and through his group. They experienced the power of God, but they did not stay there. They did not remain in that spot, but they began to speak the truth, and they became an example to all the believers. There's something that happens when we go from having change and being gospel-centered to where all of a sudden it begins to flow through us onto other people, and we become an outward example to our world. 
I believe that is what God is calling us to. That is what God is calling us to be about, is to go, to make disciples, because we've let the power of the gospel transform our lives. We've let who he is make all the difference. In this case, from Jesus to Paul, from Paul to the Thessalonian Christians, the Thessalonian Christians to all, there was an outward expression of what God was doing on the inside. In church, you and I, we are called We are called to live that outward expression. We are called to share the message of the gospel. Going back to multi-level marketing, who is successful? People that have a change in their life. People that they've seen, people can look at them and they see the change. There's the the gospel, in our case, our gospel is a little more important, but they're product, their tool, whatever they're selling is worth it. And they speak about it. They talk about it. They live their life talking about and pointing people to that thing that they have. And once again, there's that outward example. And with God, that's what he's calling you. That's what he's calling me to. He's calling us to share the love of Jesus. He's calling us to give everything for the message of the gospel. He's calling you today, not to come on Sunday morning, although love it. I hope you come every Sunday morning. Bring more people with you, but to be in the Word in your own personal life, to spend time in small groups where you can be discipled and you can disciple others. That is what we are called to do. We're called to to go viral with the truth of the gospel. That's what happened here. As we look at the last few verses here, 8 through 10, it says, For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere, so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. What happens? What goes, takes place here? They went viral with the message of the gospel. The change, the gospel-centered nature went outward, and all of a sudden, Paul and his team show up, and they're like, we don't even need to tell them. They can tell us what we told you better than we can tell you. So you've done the job. And when we understand and when we believe and when we speak of the things of God in that sort of a way, something special and even supernatural takes place. Church, that's what we are called to do. How do we share the message of the gospel? Individually, we get in the word. Individually, we start talking about Jesus. Individually, start proclaiming who he is. But to do that, we need each other. We need to be in groups. We need to be discipled, iron sharpening iron. We need to go after Jesus and let the power of God move through us. We need to let the word of God change us, which means sometimes in a small group, maybe we think we're doing what the word would say, and somebody that's a little bit ahead would say, hey, there's an idol that's there. It says that they told the people how they turned from idols. When was the last time that you shared with somebody, you know what, I used to be a part of this, but God brought me out of it, and now my life is entirely different, and there's a joy because I'm not walking in something that is hurtful to me, but I'm walking in life and in His hope. There's something that happens 
when I understand that when I begin to proclaim the message of the gospel, the gospel goes viral. And it may not be 30 million views on some social media platform. Who really cares? But it's about you, get where, right where you are talking about Jesus, inviting people to your group for a barbecue first. We call it in-reach, where we, we bring people in to reach them. And we're not going to preach crazy big things. We're going to have a barbecue, literally play some games, hang out with some people that don't yet know Jesus. We're going to do outreach and we're going to make a difference in our world. That's what our small groups are geared around. And we're going to be discipled. And as we bring people in through personal conversations, get them to a barbecue first, our in-reach night, maybe they're going to then open up and say, hey, I want to come to your discipleship night. I want to come just hear what this word is because I like being around you guys. I like being around you. I want to know more. And church, when that happens, not with a pastor or with one or two, but when we, the church, when you, the church, when we all come together and say, come on, it is my job to be outward focused, to share the gospel. It's my job to be a part of seeing the message of the gospel in Dublin, Ohio, 106 over in Marysville, 106 being, uh, going just public with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's our job to see this message go viral. And when it does, we believe we're going to see groups planted, launched over and over and over. They're going to turn into churches. We're going to have churches and campuses all over. Why? Because the message of the gospel is the most important thing we could possibly do or be a part of or share. And it becomes just the normal thing of our life. The band is going to come back out and we're going to take some moments just to let God speak and cap this in our hearts I think there's key thing that there must be a message to spread and there must be faith to go do it for anybody to sell anything. And today I am so thankful we're not selling a product, but we get to talk about the God of the universe and we have the message of the kingdom that he has given us in his word. We have the message that as we meet together in small groups and we spend time individually in the word and we spend time celebrating on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night discipleship night, something special happens because the message is real and powerful. And now the question is, do we step into a place of having faith to share it? That's what it all comes down to. And I believe the number one way to step in and say, I've got the faith to believe it. I've got the faith is to get a group of people around us that are pushing us forward together. That's why groups are so important. Is the Lord, I'm not by myself. It's not just me. It's not just to be out on the a limb by myself. But Lord, you are moving. You are speaking. And as I do this with a group of people, we're going we're gonna to touch heaven together. We're going to experience Jesus together. We're going to have conversations together. And we're going to go out and talk about Jesus. Because that's what we did last night. That's what we're doing Sunday. That's what we're going to do Wednesday. That's a part of who we are. We're going to share the message of the gospel because the message of the gospel is all we have faith in. Other things are going to fail us. Other things are not going to get us where we want, but when we understand the truth of his word and put our faith and trust, then we can be the example that our wor world needs. It's time for the church, for you to go viral with the only message that matters. It's time. It's time for us to not just do church, which I love church. It's my favorite thing. 
having about 10,000 adults together at general council, worshiping God, was one of the coolest things ever. I love it every time. There's nothing like it. But that means nothing if we don't come home and we don't win people for Jesus and plant groups and plant churches and see hundreds and thousands of people come to know him. But that happens by you and me individually sharing, by you and me getting in small groups and sharing, by you and me collectively coming together to see the message of the gospel poured forth, the love of Jesus poured forth. The end we're going to have opportunity to begin perusing the uh, life groups in the foyer tomorrow evening. They're going to go up live. You'll be getting an email. You can sign up in the foyer there next Sunday morning. And then we start uh, two Fridays from now. 20 groups. I encourage every single one of you, would you jump in? Maybe you're brand new to Radiant Life Church, Foundations Life Group. My wife uh, and I, along with the Honigfords, they, are we going to lead that group? If you've never been through foundations, come join us. Come be a part of it. There's something special and powerful about being in group, laying the foundation, knowing where we're going. The rest of the church, we're going to be going through the book of Ephesians this fall. And Ephesians is a book that has so much power and richness to it about who Jesus is and who we are. It will give us strength and, and authority to go and to do what we're talking about. There's something about it coming together. And I want to encourage you. Would you jump in? Would you be a part? Would you find a group? If you're not sure, you can go to radiant.family and you can just sign up. If you don't know what group, then we're going to do our best to put you in a group that would be good for you. Put you in a group where you can build friends. If you don't like those options, those changes, you can just put your name in there. We will hook you up with somebody that they're going to be able to pour into you. And I believe as time goes, they're also going to learn a bunch from you because that's how discipleship works. We do this together. God is simply on the move. He loves you. He cares for you. If we could all over this room, if we could just stand to our feet, begin making this place an altar. We're going to take a few minutes and worship. And during that worship time, I encourage you not only to sing songs on the, the or words from the screen, but would you ask God, Lord, what do you want to do? How do you want to speak? How do you want to move me? Maybe a group is something you'd be like, I, no thanks. I've done it before. Maybe you've never done it. Could you let God maybe refresh that? And if you're not actively being discipled, actively in Bible study, I believe the word is clear over and over in the New Testament. They met in the temple and in each other's homes. And generally, it would say daily. Talk about daily. Now, we might not be quite doing daily, but when we start every other week, then you know what happens? We begin to text each other, and that might be daily. You might find an accountability for partner for something you didn't even know, and you want to just talk every day and say, hey, how you doing? What's God speaking? All of a sudden, it becomes a daily process. But would you let God open your heart? He's good. We have 20 leaders, 20 homes that are going to be open. And I believe God wants to speak to you and through you as we do this together. So I'm going to pray. We're going to spend a few minutes in worship. We'll come back up and close it. But what, what does the Lord have for you in groups? But also this week, who maybe can you just talk about your life with? Who can you talk about what Jesus has done? 
He could talk about maybe a, a miracle of what the Lord has done. This week, we have a pastor, actually, I believe today, he's in Orlando. They went for vacation, got COVID, had been in the hospital, I think, for a week and a half or so. And today, he's going to be released, and he's going to be able to come home. And I'll tell you, that's pretty exciting. Come on, Tim House in Delaware. So pumped. And, you know, this week, as we've been talking and praying, his brother just, just passed away, and uh, all of the bills. You know what? Radiant Life Church, we're going to help Tim and Sarah House with bills. They've been in Florida just trying to get home, trying to get him healthy. And you know what? Sometimes when I think about the message of the gospel, it's how do we, how do we encourage and help somebody? And today, what you've given already, we're going to help Tim House be able to come back and not be in debt from what has happened there and from his brother. And you know what? I think that's the message of the gospel. And I want to encourage you in sharing with somebody who can you help this week that you can then talk about? Not, not because it's like, I'm awesome, but who is it? Maybe you can say, man, our church helped a pastor this week that was in need. Or this week, I got to help somebody. And let that be a thing. God led me to somebody and I got to pray with them. I thought they were so encouraged. It doesn't matter if the people believe in prayer. They're going to know your heart is for somebody. Let God speak to you. Let him use you. And then get talking about what he's done in your life. The faithfulness that he's given you, that maybe even when it didn't make sense or finances were tough or family situation is tough, that he's been faithful and that you've walked through and gospel-centered with joy, you have walked through what seemed difficult, whatever it is today. So Lord, we are thankful that we're before you, that we get to praise you and worship you as a family. Lord, that we get to break off. And for 20 groups, Lord, I pray that we, the church, would be involved and get involved in those groups with eight or 10 or 12 people, that we could learn your word together. We could grow in you and in the power, Lord Jesus, that you would want to give us. Lord, and I pray that what we experience today and every Sunday morning, what we experience in our own personal time with you, which, Lord, help us all to do better. Just as spending time in your presence. Lord, that what you do is we get into groups and are discipled and discipled others. Lord, let it flow out. Let us go viral with the goodness of who you are. Lord, that we would experience you and then we would be an outward example to our world. That we would share the message of the gospel. Jesus, help us. Help us, help us, God. We love you. We thank you. Lord, as we turn and just give you these few minutes, turn this into a prayer time. Lord, I pray for every person that they would receive a blessing of you. They would receive an encouragement from you. They would receive a challenge from you. And Lord, that we'd all leave just a little more like you because we've said yes to your word and yes to your truth, Jesus. Let's worship, church. prayer this morning, church. Just staying in his presence. When we're at work, when we're in the grocery store, wherever we are, when we're in our homes, is Lord, don't let us leave your presence. Lord, let us share your presence. Let's talk about your presence. Let's talk about you in everything we do, in every part of who we are. In big business meetings or in car rides with our children. Lord, whatever it is, God, Lord, help us be caught up in you, to be caught up in your presence. Lord, I pray that you would help every single person, Lord, that calls Radiant Life Church home. 
Lord, help them find a group, Lord, to be discipled in. Lord, some, maybe they already have that space. Others maybe have never. Lord, I pray that you would help us get involved with each other, discipling and being discipled. Lord, give us a Paul that we can say, that we can imitate because that person knows where they're going and they're going to lead us to you. Lord, give us somebody behind us that can say that about us as we're leading them and guiding them to you. Lord, we don't want to do church, but Lord, we want to be the church. On Sunday mornings, Monday mornings, Wednesday afternoons, whenever it is, Lord, help us. Help us. We're so thankful. So thankful for this opportunity to worship you, to come before you, to give it all to you, God. We thank you. We praise you. Help us go and be who you've called us to be. Church, the Lord is good. He wants to go with you. He wants to move in your life. And I want to just encourage you on a couple things. If you have children, Wednesday night, discipleship, Royal Rangers, Girls Ministries. It is our discipleship program for our kids, 18 and under. We have youth group. We have kids church, kids church Sunday mornings, youth group Sunday nights. Awesome. But also that discipleship study of the word. If your kids are not active in Royal Rangers and Girls Ministries, I would ask you, please get them involved. Just like we need it, they need it even more. I don't know about more, but they need it. We all need it. Let's do it. Wednesday nights, adults, Wednesday night, this week, starting our midweeks back up. Love to have you come. We're going to worship. We're going to get in the word. We're going to spend time with Jesus. We're going to pray, a, a big focus on prayer at the end, learning how to just have some of those spiritual disciplines. Come join us. Wednesday nights, 7 o'clock. We start in here at 710. There's nothing like being with each other in the presence of Jesus. And let's do that here and groups as you exit. Would you sign up for a group? On the top left is our Marysville. There are people from Marysville that are uh, hosting groups. On the top left, on the top right as you exit are our Dublin groups. So actual groups hosted in Dublin. Uh, the ones that are on the lower level are other cities around Hilliard and uh, the surrounding areas. Love to have you come. Be a part of groups. There's nothing like it. Let's go this week, church. Let's share Jesus. Let's proclaim him. Maybe call someone you haven't seen in a while or that you haven't talked to in a while. Encourage them. Let's let God lead us and guide us to make a difference in our world. Love you all. Pray God blesses you, encourages you, and uses you in a special way this week. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. Have a good one.